Hey, Newsacast listeners, you can find every episode on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or YouTube. Please help us grow by subscribing or sharing the Newsacast with friends or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Now let's get this show on the road. Welcome to the NoosaCast. What is a NoosaCast? It's where we bring local folk stories to life through conversation. Hey, NoosaCast listeners, welcome to episode 18 of the NoosaCast. Uh, we're rolling along here. Uh, we got a Another, you know, biased, but Joe, we got another good episode. Tosh, we do. And, it, and I got to tell you, though, I am still absolutely blown away that there's a creek that runs underneath the Bontable. We, <laughs> unreal. Yeah. Never knew that. And, and we certainly learned that last week with, with Joe and, and uh, the interaction that we had with Lawrence on social media was, was pretty cool this past week. So that was uh, I, I'm still just trying to comprehend that, Tosh. It's funny because you think about that, that they did that back in, what, 1968 or something like that? Yeah. But now you'd have to have a retention pond. You'd have to do this. You'd have to do this. I mean, a little bit laxed on the uh, environmental impact back in the 60s. But, hey, that's kind of a cool a cool, uh, a cool, point for that stadium and that field as well. Yeah. Yeah. Got us the Bontable. Yeah, Absolutely. What else? How was your weekend? How uh, any plans here? Halloween uh, is 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 right around this episode. That's uh, Halloween's coming up. Yeah, Halloween's coming up. Um, you know, uh, had some fun with family. Uh, got a bunch of cedar for our outdoor fireplace from a construction sites that I had to cut up and take all the nails out. And you know, I'll, I'm never going to turn down free wood yeah. to burn. So that smells yeah, so, so good. That does smell good. So yeah, I cut that all up and, you know, didn't, didn't really, uh, had a 40th birthday party for one of my coworkers at Butamore country club as well. That was a blast. Yeah. Uh, so shout out to, to Stephanie as well. That was fun to, uh, to meet her family and, uh, just have a little, little fun at the country club and dress up a little bit and yeah, yeah. Gotta hit the club. Gotta hit the club. Absolutely. How about yourself, Joe? Yeah, this uh, well, this past weekend, my daughter Amelia, who is um, in the theater program at North, they do one of their fundraisers is their haunted house, and and it's been going on for quite a few years. And I, this is my first year volunteering there, and it is quite a production. I mean, it is, yeah. it's top notch. It's it's a, a, maybe I'll post some some photos on some of our, uh, some of our social sites, but the makeup and the costumes and just the dedication that they have to the, to playing these parts is it's really, really cool to see. And they, uh, they were, they set us the number two all time, uh, attendance record, I guess they, they fell nice. a little short uh, of last year's numbers, but, uh, I think they had well over 1500, almost 1600 people went through the wow. haunted house over two days, right at, right in Appleton North. And it, it's, uh, it was really cool to see. I, I absolutely loved it. I, I'm super excited to to watch Amelia's, you know, kind of 
high school career unfold through, through the theater. Yeah, you got to shout out Ron Parker too. He does a great job with the theater over at Appleton North. Uh, I get to work with him a little bit during the summer. Uh, he does the summer Shakespeare program, which kind of runs through summer school, which which I uh, and a, and uh, another person run the summer school program at East. So we get to talk to him. He's a great guy. Lots of energy for the theater. So yeah, she's going to have a great time. Yeah, Tasha was the other kind of big news. I, I know you and I, you know, we, we grew up with, with, with friends, the, the sitcom and, you know, Chandler. And it's kind of sad to see Matthew Perry, who's, you know, he basically our age. And any, anytime somebody our age, you know, passes away suddenly, you, you stop and take notice. One, it's just that. And, and two, when it turns out to be somebody that, you know, you, you, you kind of grew up with on TV, you kind of get attached in, in, in that way. It's kind of sad to see to see him pass away. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that was a show. That definitely one was one of those shows growing up. Um, and in fact, this is a funny story. And I don't know how this ever happened, but back in the in that time, we didn't really have cable. You know, it was it was network television. And somehow, I I got a call, and we we somehow got called if, if I would, you know, somebody at our house would watch or preview, you know, basically a couple television shows and just write some reviews or fill out a couple surveys about what they thought of them. And the two shows, one was Picket Fences, and the other was Friends. Wow. So I saw the pilot episode of Friends before it actually came out. That's you know, nuts. Just random. Yeah, it was just random. But yeah, so, and both of those ended up being pretty decent television shows. They lasted for a, for a little bit. I mean, obviously, Friends was way more popular than Picket Fences. But um, yeah, those two shows were the two shows that... I had to review, kind of, and uh, yeah, Nielsen. What was it Nielsen or something like that? Yeah, yeah. You know what? That's too bad. Uh, you know, obviously, uh, an actor who was in a lot of different stuff and in in those same years of growing up and everything else. That yeah, it was you know difficult to uh, to hear that. And we have a lot of uh, a lot of individuals who have uh, passed away this year. Yeah. That's, have made impressions on lots of people's lives. Yeah, it's it's an unfortunately it's, it's part of life. It's something that's all going to happen to to all of us. But um, yeah, some just kind of hit you a little harder than others. And yeah, absolutely. This this one certainly did. So he left some great work. So we'll, we'll always have Chandler Bing and and all the other characters he played. Right, and changing to a different note here, we got some exciting exciting matches and football and everything else going on. Uh, as we hit level three, if I'm not mistaken, uh, there's a lot of a lot of good teams playing some quality football right now. Um, so yeah, uh, pay attention, boys and girls. Uh, state volleyball coming up. Uh, you got the football playoffs going on. Uh, soccer. Uh, I believe there's some soccer teams too that are still running along here. Big big football games this Friday again. You you see those lights on and on, on fields. This Friday night, stop by. It's going to be one heck of a football game. You know what? The big thing about this week is if if you're around, check them out because these are still home games. Yeah. Um, yeah. Next week, next week we'll move on to neutral sites. So you could have some travel time. So check out some of these home home games and get out and support the local local teams. One of the good things in this area is we do have a lot of great venues. A lot of yeah. a lot of these facilities can host level four. So we, we definitely have that going for us as well to try to keep some of these games a little bit closer. Absolutely. All right. Well, I think we can move on to a, 
another excellent episode. Um, we just want to remind people, you know, you can catch the Newsicast wherever you get your podcasts, but the biggest thing for us is to let other people know, spread some, you know, a little word of mouth, uh, pass this on to people, um, look at our YouTube, hit subscribe, hit like, uh, and, you know, shoot us some feedback as well. Uh, we'd love to hear uh, your ideas and, you know, things that we're doing right. And even the things that you're like, yeah, you need to stop. So whatever exactly. feedback you have. <laughs> no, and we do need that. And and we had, we, we, we had a really, really nice uh, text, you know, kind of hitting on the points that, that made us feel good in, in a sense that, what, why we started this this podcast? What what we're trying to do with it? Um, just just the niche that we're trying to, to hit. We're, we're we're basically storytellers trying to 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 highlight you know sports, ultimately youth sports, but just really super interesting people like our guest you know today, Jeff Jeff Brazil from from Appleton Park and Rec. He's got a great story. He works in a really cool. They're, they're doing really neat things. They're providing a really cool service, um, great opportunity for all of us that live in northeastern Wisconsin. And that's what you and I are just – we're trying to just discover those stories. So, Absolutely. You know, when you when you listen, when you download, when you tell somebody, when you follow, like, you know, hit, go to our YouTube page, our social pages – Ultimately, that that's that what that proves that what we're doing is 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 worthwhile and 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 worthy of doing it. So, from from that standpoint, it, it means the world to just simply do that. We we hope we're, we're putting out a decent product for you guys. We're you and I are sure having a lot of fun and learning a lot doing yeah, this. Absolutely. So, I I love this. Enjoy this episode and uh, continue to listen and subscribe so it comes to you every single Thursday. All right, Newscast listeners, it's time for that look at history, a little look at what's going on around you or what has happened around you. And uh, this is where we where we look at a little history, whether it's sports-related, whether it's city-related, whether it's state-related, whether it's United States or world-related. It doesn't really matter. So, um, Joe, I'm going to go first this time. Yeah, Tash. So, I uh, going back to 1924, November 1st, and since I'm a hockey guy, uh, that is when the Boston Bruins officially joined the NHL. 1924, okay. November 1st, 1924. They became the first United States team-based team to enter the league. That's awesome. So, yeah. And that was in, obviously in, in Boston, correct? Where, where, yep, the Boston Bruins. Yeah. wonder what the so. arena was like back then, how, how they kept ice. And, can you imagine <laughs> yeah. that? No, I cannot. That's got to be – that that's quite the feat. 1924. I'm pretty sure you didn't. Did you have refrigeration yet? I don't think so. Uh, I think you did. Okay. I think they probably had some, but it was probably not as uh, obviously not as technically advanced as it is now. But they had something definitely. Yeah, they must have, unless you play outside. <laughs> Which some of those early teams back in that time they did play outside. So yeah, yeah. So you know, this is one of the original six. This is one of the. Uh, the big teams and the first uh, team to officially join from the United States, United States based team. So I love it. Yeah. Well, Tosh, I, um, my old look at new was inspired th- this week by, by WHBY. They did a Facebook poll, um, uh, 
and and they ran it over over a few weeks, but it it was it was the supper club, the, the best supper club. They, they kind of yeah. did it uh, bracket style, like like, like the sure. I can't remember how many they started off with, maybe twelve, and they whittled it down to a winner. And, and I thought, you know what, I would, you and I love food. I mean, a supper club is. I, you know, that, that's Wisconsin as it gets. <laughs> it, it, exactly. An old fashioned at a supper club. You're right. That, that, that is the definition of Wisconsin. So I thought, you know what? WHBY did the work, the folks, the voting folks did, did the work and they, they chose Schwartz's supper club in St. Anna down in, uh, I think that's oh. Southern Calumet County, right? Yeah. Yeah. I've been there. Yeah. yeah. I mean, what a plug. I, I mean, I never, I guess you get kind of honed into your area. Area, you know. I think of George's or Red Ox or Mark's right. or something that's kind of close by here. Uh, maybe Hortonville, Black Otter, or something like that. You forget about. It. I, I'm glad the folks voted like that because I'm going to definitely go there. Um, oh I, yeah, it's it's basically out in the middle of nowhere. I mean, you know, right where that yeah. is. So good. Yeah, excellent. Yeah, supper clubs in Wisconsin. You know what? They're pretty amazing. It's uh yeah. There, it doesn't get much better than a, a good old fashioned supper club in Wisconsin for sure. No, absolutely. And in this particular one, 65 years family run mm-hmm. restaurant, 60, that's a couple of generations just doing right. that. I love that. You know, you know, Van Abel's the, the, the same yep. type of thing, you know, that when, when places like that, I, the food is just second to none. It, it's it does not get any better than that. No yeah. matter where you go in the world, in my opinion, you have recipes passed down from generation to generation, still making them. Yeah, yeah that's something about that that uh, that makes you feel happy. There's not much to Saint Anna, but the 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 restaurant is beautiful. It's kind of got that European yeah. look, that you know shingled. I don't even know what style that is, but the brick and the shingles coming down over the front. It's, it's cool looking. Yeah, that is a good one. Definitely. That is a great one. Well, that's it, Tasha. That's our, uh, our old look at new. I love it. Our favorite segment. So uh, hope you folks enjoyed it. And any of you ever have any ideas for an old look at new or the show for that matter, don't be afraid to shoot us an email. Newscast at gmail.com. All right, Newsacast listeners, uh, I am sure that all of you probably have had some interaction um, and had your kids or neighbors uh, do something with Park and Rec. And whether it's swimming lessons, whether it's flag football or basketball, uh, we got a great Park and Rec program here in Appleton, Wisconsin. We absolutely do. It is one of the greatest things that we have going for us, I would say, as a citizen. Tash, you both, all of our kids um, have done something, multiple yeah. things in, in in park and rec, and we were we were very fortunate to to sit down with with, with Jeff Brazil from uh, he, he's the recreation uh, programmer at Park and Rec. But to be honest with you, the Park and Rec program in, in Appleton, the, the office it's it's not very big. There's only just a few people that work in the office. Yet the program. If you look at it, and, and we all get the the thing in the mail that the, the the pamphlet in the spring and the fall, it's just this gigantic thing, and you, f- yeah, it, it seems like there should be a hundred people working there putting on all these programs, and it, it really isn't like that. It's a it's a small few that are in that office doing big things, and it was it was really cool to sit down and and, and just understand what they do, what they just how their programs work, and just what what kind of people. What kind of people work at the rec department that that give us these great 
you know, these great programs that we've all taken advantage of. Yeah, it's excellent. You know, the swimming program is second to none. I know both my kids went through them. I remember getting online right away to get that, that spot and, uh, uh, you know, flag football, another good one that my kids have gone through. So yeah, it's, it's a good interview, Joe. We had a lot of fun and thank you to Jeff and, and the whole staff at, at Appleton park and rec. So yeah, sit back and enjoy our interview with Jeff Brazale from Appleton park and rec. Where did you grow up? Where did you graduate high school? So um, I was born in Manitowoc, Wisconsin, but um, my parents moved um, actually to Sheboygan when I was okay. real young. Um, so I actually grew up in Sheboygan, graduated from Sheboygan North yeah. High School, um, graduated from there, uh, went off to school, uh, went to UW-Whitewater, um, then actually uh, lived in Milwaukee for a sure. little while and decided to go back for my master's degree in recreation management. So what I'm yeah. doing right now um did that at lacrosse that's actually the same time my wife and i kind of okay. got together and she lived in the fox valley at the time yeah in nina and uh that's brought me to nina for quite a while i worked at the appleton y um for um, a little over sure. eight years uh and then i got an offer a job in sheboygan um back home okay worked there for about seven years and then um, a job opened up in appleton and now i'm back Officially, what um, what is your title at, at Appleton Park and Rec, and kind of what um, what do you do at, at Appleton Park and Rec? Uh, so I am the uh, a recreation supervisor here at the Appleton Parks and Rec Department. Um, my main focus is youth sports, with a variety of other uh, things that I help out with, including some adult sports, um, as well as some other recreation special events and things of that sort. But my main focus is youth sports here just because um, we have big enough programs where it is a uh, it is quite a bit of work and keeps me really busy. So. Well, it's definitely one of the things I want to dive into in, in a little bit is just the sheer numbers that, that you guys are dealing with. I mean, it's it's at mm -hmm. least in my eyes is just huge. Um, but is this going back to Sheboygan, you're, you're graduating high school, you're, you're off to college. I mean, is this something that I've been mean, assuming you had a love for sports? Did you kind of want to work in sports like this, be, be an organizer? Um, is this kind of the dream job for you? It you know, I can't say it was a dream job right away. I had worked at our local recreation department in Sheboygan. Um, that was one of my first jobs was with flag football referee, just like some of the people I hired today. Nice, nice. Um, but I don't know that I would say that that was my dream job. What happened was is actually right after I graduated from uh, Whitewater, I, I did get a job with the Beloit Snappers, which oh, is a sure. minor league baseball team that plays the – well – now they're the sky carp or whatever right, they are. Right. I still call them the snappers because, you know, I did work there. That's right. Um, but, yeah, they are in the same league as the T-Rats in the Midwest League. Um, enjoyed my time there. Um, but as we all know, minor league baseball is a tough business. Absolutely. Especially back then, they did not pay a whole whole lot. Oh, right, so, right. I can't blame um, you there. So and then I, I, that moved me to Milwaukee. I was out of sports for a while. And then um, a friend of mine, and actually I would say a mentor of mine, John Kohler, um, who works for Sheboygan, uh, is actually the director over there. Him and I were talking and um, he thought it would be a good fit and thought it would be something that I should pursue. And that's what led me to go my master's in recreation management. Sure, so. sure. 
I mean, to me, it seems like you have an exciting job. Like every day has got to be different. So, I mean, if, if we dive into, you know, specifically Appleton and the, and the Appleton Park and Rec Department, I mean, you have, like I was saying before we be hit, uh, hit record, I'm, I'm born and raised in Appleton. So I, I literally learned how to play baseball through Park and Rec. You, mm-hmm. you know, that program, I remember Stu Lachlan had a, a clinic and, and you just, your baseball, everybody's baseball was through Park and Rec. Sports have changed a lot, but I mean, you still offer T-League and baseball where kids can actually learn baseball for the very first time and fall in love with it, really, hopefully. Yeah, I'm, I mean, things have evolved so much over the last 30 years. Um, it, it is amazing since, you know, I was actually that flag football referee in Sheboygan. But yes, Appleton, and when I worked at the YMCA uh, now, you know, over 15 years ago, um, you know, or started over 15 years ago. Yeah. It, the landscape of Fox Valley athletics overall was so different back then, even than it was today. The club teams were just starting to kind of, uh, take shape in a lot of different sports. Um, you know, the Y and the recreation department were huge, uh, both at that time, the Y especially. Right. And then, um, things have kind of evolved, but yeah, especially like you said, baseball has been just a mainstay for Appleton Park and Rec for many, many years. And it's evolved into other sports as well. But like you said, I, you know, you're not the first person that said that they remember, uh, playing T-ball, uh, you know, T-ball, baseball, yeah, um, those type of things with us with the park and rack. I think back then it was Cub and Cadet or Cadet and Cub, whatever the order was. And, and yeah, I mean, nobody, mm-hmm. I, you know, I think there was maybe a, ver- there was Little League for sure, but it wasn't anything like it is now. And Babe Ruth, I think, mm-hmm. was was even at that time. But uh, yeah, yeah. And some of those leagues are still around too. But um, yeah, the, the park and rack, I mean, that's one of the things not only our sure numbers, but our tradition is is something that we definitely are proud about um, here. And, you know, having providing those opportunities for people to go ahead and either try or continue to play sports is what we're all about. Or, so. or even just like swimming. I mean, you guys offer, I mean, you can learn to swim through through the city, mm-hmm. you know, through that program. And that, that to me is like so many things like that. I mean, so many yeah. life skills that you can learn. Absolutely. Herb Park, um, you know, I when I was here, uh, I always say, you know, the first time we lived in the Fox Valley, um, when I worked at the Y, we were over at Herb Park at the old pool before it was sure um, remodeled, which they do, have done such a phenomenal job of uh, doing. And now it's like the Herb Park is just this jewel that everybody that comes to the area um, really enjoys using it. And I can say that with experience, my my daughter is a swimmer. And she gets to swim in the bird bath, which is yeah. a, a YMCA event. It, it brings teams from all over the Midwest. Don't they camp, um, so, they camp out, don't they? Like I remember Herb Park just filled with tents. Yeah, I don't know that they camp in uh, Herb, but there are tents that are set up all throughout the day. Sure. That people are, you know, um, in between heats or races, enjoying and having a great time. Sure. So, <laughs> You know, I love uh, – I think I told you before we hit record that I grew up in Appleton and Herb Park was was kind of pretty close to the neighborhood park. And to see what it is now, I um, 
I, I bike through there, you know, quite a bit through the week and, mm-hmm. you know, deliver mail. That's one of my routes. And it's just, it, it's such a beautiful park. I mean, just all the small, like the cornhole uh, boards mm-hmm. that you have there, just all the little amenities, not, to, I mean, the pool is, is unbelievable, but just, just the beauty of the park and the, and the fear, just mm-hmm. functional. It's a great park. Yeah, we talk about um, herb quite a bit here at work um, with my coworkers, uh, directors um, of recreation, the supervisors, um, and also the parks department, et cetera, just because it is such a great park. Um, they've done a phenomenal job of kind of building into a real, you know, centerpiece of Appleton uh, throughout the summer between the pool you know, in all the different events, including some of my programs that are run there between tennis and youth sports and, or excuse me, uh, sports camps. And we do different playground programs. It's it's just a, a great place to be during the summer. Absolutely. So. The other, I like all the parks, but but the other one is Tallulah. It is, uh, mm-hmm. That's a really great park too with, with pickleball now. You know, we, we talk about how sports have evolved. Has pickleball now, do you guys have pickleball leagues and things like that? Absolutely. Well, we actually have steered away from the leagues um, portion of it. uh, And that's just because uh, we're so excited to have Tallulah as a place for us to go ahead and have those courts. And there's so many people that are um, trying to put together leagues, not only there, but other places that ourselves at the Park and Rec decided that we're going to be the kind of the teaching side of things. So we're actually offering more of the clinics uh, for yeah. adults and for kids just to go ahead and get allow them to get their feet wet, um, to learn more about the great game of football, which it is a, a phenomenal game. It is just has exploded in the last 10 years to the point where it is now. And like there are more courts that are going up um, nice. all throughout the Fox Valley. So we'll see uh, see it continue to grow. That's great that you mentioned that. I might take you up on the adult class. Yeah. I, I've one of the other things, and the reason that I've, I've I've noticed those uh, pickleball courts in particular is I had some friends teach me disc golf this year. So I played a whole oh, bunch yeah. of disc golf, mm-hmm. and I love the fact that you know Tallulah mm-hmm. and Pierce. I mean those those are great disc golf courses. That that's awesome. Oh. Yeah, we have some great ones in the city. Obviously, over at Plowman Park too. Yeah, uh, yes, that's a, that's a great one. Um, yeah, that's a great game as well. So like, yeah, those are, those are two great sports to go ahead and be introduced to. And obviously both uh, great places to play is Tulula Park for both of those. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't, you briefly, I think brushed over it. It made me think that, that, uh, my kids have taken advantage of one of the, one of the great programs that you guys offer in the summer at, at a lot of the parks it is the, um, I, I can't remember what you call it, but, but the kids, uh, the elementary school kids, play, you know, yeah, yeah, the playground program, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, they, you guys do a lot of fun activities. I mean, it's it's a fun day. Mm-hmm. And the kids look forward to it. Yeah the the playground program, you know, playground programs are kind of like the essence of um, recreation departments or park and rec departments on a lot of levels because when they were formed way back, close to you know eighty hundred years ago, that's usually how things started. So. That's a, one of the ones that we all enjoy, um, and we have different staff members that actually run it. I don't run it myself, but yeah, we have it over a dozen different parks all throughout the city, um, get a chance to go ahead and uh, have kids come, have a place to hang out, um, uh, enjoy the park, 
um, go ahead and be able to meet friends and, and really have a great time with it. No, absolutely. And it's, uh, Amelia, my daughter still has some friends from, from, you know, from summers yeah. in the past. So that's, mm-hmm. yeah, that's great. I, I guess we'll, we'll circle back a little bit and talk about, I guess, how does your office work? How, 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 how what do the numbers look like? I mean, how big is your office? How, how many citizens or how, how, how big are, big are the programs we're talking about? I, I'm, Assuming there's there's probably several thousand participants through your programs through through the year, so I, I would think mm-hmm. it would take a lot of organization and a large staff to to organize that. Well, we have, um, you know, and I'm going to try to go ahead and be as succinct as I can. It's going to be a little bit. We we have a director, Dean Gaza, who's actually in charge of uh, facilities, parks, and recreation, um, and he has the deputy director, Tom Flick, who. Um, he kind of watches mainly the recreation and parks department. Um, and then our uh, uh, parks, or excuse me, recreation staff is Nikki Went, who's the manager. And then there's actually three other, or two other people like myself that are both supervisors um, of the, the department. So that's the full-time staff. Everyone else that we have um, specifically for recreation is seasonal employees or part-time employees. Um, you know, when we go into parks workers, things of that, that goes a little bit of a different direction. Sure. Um, but as far as the actual recreation side of things, um, that would be our full-time staff. So it definitely keeps us busy. We, uh, we start prepping, believe it or not, for summer um, as soon as that calendar turns sure. in January. There's so many different things that happen, whether it be, uh, making sure Herb Park, like we talked about, um, and our pools and meat pool is all ready to go. That's Crystal uh, who helps with that. Our playground program, which Liz runs, as you alluded to, she's one of our other supervisors. Those are all things that basically when that that calendar turns, uh, we're, we're starting to go ahead and work on that. And obviously, I, I have got programs all throughout the summer as far as, far as sports goes, but Summer is definitely my busiest time of year as far as uh, organizing all the different things that we have sports-wise. Sure. So, so being specific on that, how, how many programs would you have? How many uh, do you have going? Baseball, the basketball, what are the sports? I guess what are the programs? Yeah. Um, uh, throughout the year. So like throughout the year, uh, like starting in January, um, we actually run a basketball program um, that we're able to go ahead and use throughout the um, uh, Appleton school districts allow us to use their gyms. We've got about 600 kids playing basketball with us, which is a, is a really solid number. Yeah. Um, and that continues to grow. Um, then we go ahead and move into summer, which is actually baseball. Um, our baseball program is just under about 930 kids. Wow. Uh, I think our all time high was around a thousand, which was a handful of years ago, but it's still a solid program. Sure. That same time we run tennis programs. Uh, we had, you know, COVID, uh, you know, certain things, uh, changed. Tennis was really uh, a popular program, um, you know, during those times. And actually, we've seen that uh, it has continued to go ahead and level off a bit. Okay. But tennis tennis lessons for us has been really great. Yeah. The last, like, three years. I would say we have probably close to four or 500 kids there. And then I run some youth uh, sports camps um, there for our youngest kids. 
So that's our four to eight year olds. Um, those kids basically get a chance to play either basketball, um, flag football, soccer for the first time. It's kind of like their introductory camps right. um, during the summer. And we've had some really great success there most of the time at Herb Park. Um, last year, we had over 700 kids kind of enjoy those. Wow. Um, yeah. And then that rolls in the fall. We've got flag football uh, that uh, happens. We've got about 250 kids there. Uh, Crystal helps me with that. Um, I go ahead and run a soccer program um, to end the season. And we're actually just finishing up this upcoming Saturday. Uh, that's going to be about 900 kids or 950 kids that we have this year. So. Boy, that's incredible. I mean, that's, yeah, that's amazing. I, I, I love the idea of, the, of that early because I'm thinking back to my kids. It, you know, their first, their first 10 years, you really don't know what sport they even, even if right. they have an interest in a sport. And, and that's a great mm -hmm. way. That's a great program. Yeah, you know, and that's what, uh, you know, obviously I've been doing this for quite a while, but that's what, you know, we hang our hand on is we are giving people opportunities to try different sports to go ahead and learn, you know, their likes, their dislikes, you know, whatever it is, and also in, to give them as positive an opportunity to go ahead and play. So if they have never played soccer before, for example, you know, they have a positive experience and we can go ahead and hopefully continue to play. Now, it's not always with us, like, and I totally get that. Um, I never have a problem with somebody that's like, oh, yeah, my first year or two was, uh, you know, a great experience at the park and rec. And then we move to something else. Well, that's great. That's what it's all about. Right. That's what we're trying to do. So, I mean, you're the foundation. You, you got them exposed to the sport that mm -hmm. that's invaluable in my in my eyes. Yeah, it really is. And like, you know, we'll probably get into this and we couldn't do it without our, you know, coach volunteers for the most part for uh, our major sports. Sure. But really that, you know, that's what we're all about is trying to give positive experiences. So people want to continue to play. Cause as we know, it's very easy to go ahead and stop playing some of these sports. If, uh, if you're not interested or if you, you have that experience that you're not um, that fond of. Yeah. hundred so. percent. And, and, when you do get that good experience and great experience, that that becomes life changing in, in a lot of ways. Like you know, like I like I said earlier, I learned to play baseball through Appleton Park and Rec, and and even even yeah. soccer, I believe at that time was Appleton Park and Rec, and we had we had some absolutely great coaches, and and, and they were they were dads, and 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 you know, I know you still have that, and, and it's great for the for the moms and dads to get into coaching it as well it gives you a different perspective of of how kids operate and, and i think that's helpful yeah. for them as well yeah it is great it is great to go ahead and get a chance to have different coaches um also great to you know just great people it does build community i mean that's yeah. one of the things that you're looking at too like when we put together a lot of our teams you know, we try to go ahead and put them either schools or neighborhoods or things of that sort. So there is that community that's being built with those teams where you're getting a chance to hopefully, you know, if let's say you don't go to school with some of the kids on your team, you might go to middle school or you might go to high school with them. So, right. you know, we know how important that is. And that's, you know, it is a it is a something that's really important for Appleton and all of the Fox Valleys to or Fox Valley, I should say, to. Um, get a chance to kind of build community that way. No, so. I absolutely agree. And, and 
it's one of the reasons why Appleton in particular is, is I think always looked upon as being a great community is, is for what you just spoke about. But I suppose that's always a, a just a never ending battle for you, isn't it? To, to find coaches and qualified people to, to run all these programs. I mean, we, we just rattled off, you know, hundreds of, of kids go through your programs. That, that takes a lot of people to, to coach those kids. It does. Um, yeah, it, it certainly does. That is probably, if we're l- listing the challenges of the job, that's <laughs> probably one of the top ones hey, is just one. finding people. And we're we're so lucky in Appleton that we have a good uh, community that's still looking to volunteer, still looking to go ahead and help coach that T-ball team, you know, things of that sort. And hopefully that tradition kind of continues because I think that's something that is extremely important and Believe me, I've talked to other communities um, and it's not like that everywhere. Right. So we want to go ahead and foster that as much as possible. No, so. it's, uh, I, I understand. You, you guys do great work. No question about that. Mm-hmm. Um, ha- have your numbers uh, like before COVID, you know, after COVID? I mean, how have the obviously numbers probably ebb and flow, but has it been, I, I mean, were the numbers drastically different 10 years ago? I guess how, how, how have the trends looked here over the last decade or so with COVID right in the middle? Um, well, it's very interesting. So like I was crazy enough to move my family uh, during the pandemic. So <laughs> we got here, we got back to Appleton in 2020. Um, so when I got here, actually, you know, we had that to, to deal with. There was, you know, all the challenges that came with that. Since 2021, we actually have been um, trending upwards back to, like we would say, we call it here kind of pre-pandemic pre, uh, numbers. Um, now, at the all-time high, there was over a 1,000 soccer players that played with us. We're at about 950 now. You know, like uh, baseball, there was a little or close to 1,000, I think, at that time. And we keep getting closer and closer. So we're seeing that bounce back, and we're very happy with that. I think that one of the things that, you know, because of how society has changed a little bit on like when people are interested in playing, when do they want to start their sports experience, et cetera, we're very happy with where we're at. You know, we might get over that, you know, all time record again, um, but we're not sure on some of the leagues. But then, like I told you before, we've hit all-time records in tennis and pickleball and like other things. So like right. things are evolving, and that's great. So you know, I, I remember back, uh, you know, in my heyday, say the '90s, it, it used to you'd go out to Memorial Park on almost any weeknight, and it was just loaded with with park and rec softball mm-hmm. teams. You know, leagues were just mammoth. I, I I don't think it's like that probably anymore. Maybe I, I'm not sure. Uh, on the adult leagues, I guess how maybe you don't know, but I guess what on the adult side, what does it look like? Some of these same sports, I believe, you still run for the adults, correct? Um, we run very little for uh, adults. Our okay. department. So what happened was is um, just th- as things evolved, we realized that there was other groups out there interested in running adult sports, specifically softball. Sure, you know, and softball has definitely evolved. You know, I played over my career as well for many different years. And what happened was, is I don't know the exact date, but I want to say it was probably about 10, 15 years ago. Um, 
they uh, moved to basically a private company. So right now, the co- name of that company is Fox Valley Athletics. Okay. Um, and they actually will go ahead and run softball leagues, not only um, at Memorial Park. So they look a lot like those same leagues, Joe, okay, sure. um, that you cool played me. in. But uh, they also go ahead and play in other parts of the Fox Valley. Uh, Nina, for, for instance, they have some leagues down there. Sure. Oshkosh, some other places. Um, but they So they have basically kind of taken that over. So we, as far as adult sports go, um, we run some, obviously, tennis, some pickleball. We have actually a flag football league. Um, but we don't have quite, uh, obviously, the the same softball presence. We just do the youth side of things for baseball sure. and softball. So. No, and I mean, and that makes sense. I think it speaks to just how sports have, have changed and just in our lifetime. It's 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 incredible. Mm-hmm. I, I never it, – it's absolutely nothing like it was when I grew up but with, with these club teams and just how, how all of these sports have evolved to big business mm-hmm. and, and – and, I don't know. There's something to be said about just good old hometown, you know, just your park and rec team, you know, like you said, building community and things like that. It's it's in, I feel like we stray away from that sometimes. So it's, it's really great to have these types of programs readily and yeah, easily it, available. Yeah. We're, um, you know, we're really proud of trying to go ahead and keep things as affordable as possible for our leagues and have the, I guess, the right way of going about things, you know, we have some uh, pillars that we go with as far as our leagues to try to go ahead and make sure that um, people um, enjoy them as much as possible. Um, but in general, we're trying to go ahead and things keep things as cost effective as we can because we know the landscape of sports has changed so very much. Believe me, I have kids. I have a junior in high school and I have a uh, eighth grader and, you know, I've been through all the different travel teams and sure. a lot of them myself and my own kids. And I, so we know the cost um, and we know the opportunities in order to go ahead and play um, are so important at these levels. And so we're trying to do our best in order to um, make things happen as best we can. So. I mean, you're right in the wheelhouse for, you know, like we keep saying to just to actually develop your love of sports. It, it starts really mm-hmm. with these programs. Um, do you see uh, park and rec just, just to continue to evolve? Like you said, now you have pickleball. I mean, are there some other, other trends that you kind of, kind of see on the horizon here? Is that something that you guys are always on the lookout? Yeah. You know, we we're plugged in, um, to not only the state and national level, as far as trying to go ahead and see what the trends of things are. Um, to be honest, uh, you know, adult sports, like we just talked about, that's one trend uh, that was definitely kind of moving downward. Um, and now we're seeing that things are potentially coming back a little bit more. You know, there might be a little bit more um, interest by your, you know, 20, 20 to 30 year olds that are interested in playing some of those sports again. Um, as far as youth sports go, the trends are, you know, obviously are, are going towards some of these club teams and things of that sort. But uh, and then there's other communities, as I said before, that are really struggling with participation at all levels of sports. Um, so we're very cognizant of that. And that's one of the reasons why we're so passionate about trying to keep our leagues as affordable as possible, giving the opportunities that we're looking to uh, or 
opportunities kids and families are looking for. Sure. So. You mentioned uh, you had a discovery clinic or something, or one, one or two of those a year that you, that you had? For pickleball? Uh, was it for pickleball or for uh, – did you have something for, for all sports, uh, a, a younger um, – We have – yeah, the younger kids for uh, – um, during the summer – we run some uh, what we call like uh, sports exploration yes. or also some all sports camps. And those are actually between June and August. Um, and those are a chance for those kids to go ahead and kind of start get them. You know, like there's a little magic, as we all know, of like being in a huddle yeah. of, uh, or in that circle of getting together, you know, uh, in a sport. And that's kind of their introduction to that. Um, is to go ahead and have some of that circle time, getting a chance to get some um, opportunities to play a few different sports, which uh, we really enjoy. It's a it's a great program. I've got some great kids as, as our staff members, and and the the uh, younger kids really like that. Now, so. now do you get um, support from some of the local clubs to help you with with that? Some of the sports clubs or, or from sponsors. How how do you help? Uh, how do you help with with those those types of clinics? So the clinics um, we run uh, mainly ourselves. So you know, I will go ahead and be training our staff. I look for some great um, you know high school or college kids sure. from the Fox Valley, and have had some even in my short time back here the last handful of years, some ones that are um, pretty accomplished that have got a chance to play to to teach, um, but. As far as the club uh, clubs go, you know, we have relationships with the, especially the soccer club um, and some of the other uh, um, clubs in the area as far as sports wise. They will go ahead and help out if they need something and we'll go again and uh, help out with that. But they don't necessarily run uh, clinics or anything for that. We kind of are in house on most of those things. Um, as far as cost, uh for all your programs, it's it's, it's fairly affordable. I, I I would say correct mm -hmm. for for families. Yeah, we try to keep things as affordable as possible. Um, if you're playing in a like a league sport, you know we're trying to go ahead and have residents of Appleton um, and the taxpayers, you know, pay about fifty dollars in order to go ahead and play a sport. Um, it will go up a little bit more if you're a non uh, non Appleton resident. Um, and then for other things like uh, those lessons during the summer, and that includes, you know, lessons as far as uh, swimming as well. Um, those are going to be a little less than that. They're going to be uh, uh, even more affordable, and we try to keep those down as, as best we can. Like, for instance, my sports camps, um, you know, we're up to, I think, 20, uh, I think we started to $25 this year, which is really a, a great deal in order for people to go ahead and get a chance to play. You know, it, so. it made me think in one of the earlier MusiCast episodes, and, and actually we, we talked about it at, uh, the night we met at Discovery uh, mm -hmm. Night at the Community Center our champion center, I should say, Red Smith, where this podcast was kind of yep. born out of, we, we have mm -hmm. an every kid plays grant. And I mean, this would be a perfect, you know, spot for that where we're a family that, that, you know, maybe sometimes it's hard to come up even with a $25. Uh, we, we, we actually heard that story uh, in, in one of our interviews. Yeah, there you go. Exactly. I have it right on my desk there, uh, Joe, just because I know that that's something that um, we're very interested in being a part of. And yeah. I was very happy to go ahead and talk to you guys about that at that um, discovery night over at the Champion Center because I think it is so important. Wh whatever we can do, um, 
whether it be equipment, whether it be, you know, participation fees, you know, I know that our, our, we're passionate about trying to get people involved as well. I know I worked at the, y, the Appleton Y for many years. Sure. They do a great job at that as well. Um, you know, have lots of great friends there that are willing to help kids to get a chance to go ahead and play. And I mean, at the end of the day, that's honestly what we're trying to accomplish. I mean, like, like you said, you know, taxpayers fund the park and rec. I mean, this is our community. This is what we're putting our money towards. And, and mm-hmm. Appleton has done a great job at it. The Appleton Y, like you said, has done a great job, but you know, we, some people are struggling and there's, there's opportunities that, you know, like, like, we just want the kids to play, right? They just try baseball and may- maybe you'll fall in love with baseball. And I'm 53 years old. It all started because of park and rec. So it's, it's been a long yeah. time now. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, and we all remember um, the first time we get to play. I remember when I got my first uh, park and rec uh, shirt when I was playing, you know, t-ball, baseball, etc. You know, those are, yeah. I still tell people that the, the most important day of the year for the for the rec leagues most of the time is t-shirt day because everybody gets to put that on yes you know you feel part of a team and uh gets you excited for the rest of the year mine was quaker bakery big orange shirt yes yeah still have pictures you guys used to do the uh you know i think it was t-ball and cadet or whatever you do the the city championship was always at goodland field the old Goodland. oh yeah. yeah wow yeah, we don't go quite that old so to be able to play at Goodland. But I played at Goodland uh, when I was uh, um, on Legion over at Sheboygan. We came up oh, here. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Didn't always fare very well, let's put it that way. It was, that's a tough, tough group. Those Legion teams in Appleton were quite good. So Now, that to me has always been a great program, the Legion program. That's been some oh, great yeah. baseball, great teams through the years. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the tradition of baseball in Appleton or the Fox Valley has always been so strong. I know that growing up in Sheboygan, we would always, you know, we'd be, you know, there's few and far in between when we could go ahead and beat some of the Appleton schools, but we were always envious of the tradition that was going on up here. So It, it really is a rich history of baseball. And it, it ties in with Park and Rec because it'd be more of, <clears throat> I think, the park side of, of your office, but there's a great tradition of baseball groundskeepers in the, in the major leagues. And it was born out of Appleton. Oh, you know, Bud Kinky was a long time, you know, okay. kind of head guy or whatever at the, at the rec department. But mm-hmm. I remember he took care of all the fields and his son, Odie became the Cleveland Indians groundskeeper. And then oh, wow. Bud always had, you know, you need, like you said, you need summer help. So, mm-hmm. There were three, four, half a dozen of these guys were just groundskeepers under Bud through the 80s, uh, 70s Mm -hmm. and 80s. And a couple of them went on to – one is with the California Angels, probably there for 25 years as a head groundskeeper, Barney Lopez. I mean he was a park and rec employee at one time. So it's it's kind of a hidden fact. I'd love to do a Noosa cast uh, episode on that sometime because it's kind of cool that was – that came out of park and rec, taking, taking care of baseball fields. I'll have to ask if see if our parks, um, our parks uh, side of things, Greg Hofstra, if he would have a, a little bit of working knowledge on that too. He might know those same names, yeah. or might have some stories or whatnot. But yeah, that's funny that that's great. I mean, just the tradition of minor league baseball all the way back to when the Sox were here. To, yeah, you know, now the T Rats. You know, there there's a lot of great baseball people that have come through the Fox Valley. Oh, it's so. unbelievable. My dad used to tell a story. Uh, so the Orioles were, were a, 
a farm club here or we're an affiliate mm-hmm. here. So Earl Weaver was the manager. Uh, yeah. Cal Ripken senior mm-hmm. was, was Earl's, you know, assistant manager. And Cal Ripken was my dad said he remembered Cal Ripken running around in diapers. Uh, wow. you know, he would have been you know, awesome. two years old here in Appleton as his dad is a minor league baseball coach. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. I, uh, I, uh, working in minor league baseball, I was a Brewers affiliate down in Beloit and, uh, the Brewers, uh, minor league system was not anywhere where, where is now with some of the names that are coming through the Tim, Tim Rattlers. So yeah, it was, uh, I think we had a few rehab assignments, but nothing uh, like, uh, Dave Nielsen and ja- Jaha, if you remember those. Sure. Names, oh, absolutely. Yeah. But yeah, the, the, um, the teams were not, not very good. That's what it. Isn't it unbelievable now where minor league baseball is as far as facilities and just what they do and the product they put out? I mean, the baseball is like number 10 on the list as far as everything else that you can experience. Yeah, you know, and I was uh, when I did work in Beloit, that was kind of the infancy. Um, You know, I got to go to a number of Midwest League parks uh, during my time there and like the, all the parks were just starting to go ahead and, well, maybe we should have something between innings yeah. or maybe we should have a pro a promotional night. Like it, there wasn't like every night, you know? Sure. And so now it's like, every time you go to the ballpark, there's, you know, not like you said, nonstop stuff in order to do. So it's, that's certainly evolved as well. So. Where was the ball? I'm trying to think of the ballpark in Beloit where, where that was in this, that was like an old city park, wasn't it? Oh yeah, Pullman Field. Yeah, uh, they just moved out of there two years ago, and I'm not trying to be mean, but it had to be the worst ballpark in the minor leagues two years ago. I mean, sure, you know, it's it was my home for a short amount of time, okay. but like, yeah, it uh, it was certainly was not anything like Fox City Stadium. I, their new park, I have not um got a chance to visit, but like it, I I heard it's really nice, but yeah, Fox City Stadium when they built that now what is it 20 years ago i mean that, yeah. they, they did they did it right right from the start so you know i know this isn't you necessarily your your domain but it, it, it is a more of a park question and we briefly touched mm-hmm. on it earlier but I, you know i i think i feel like just the parks in appleton are i can't imagine another community having really many better parks i, I don't know if you're certainly not in it for an awards or anything like that, but I feel like th- these are just about as – they're just beautiful parks. You guys do it right. There's a lot of thought put into them. The amenities are first class. I just – you know, as a citizen, and as, I just – I love them. I, 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 Joe, I think you're on to something. Like, I, you know, I – I know I'm biased working for the department, but I do think that the variety of different parks in Appleton, you know, you have everything from, you know, as we've alluded to Memorial Park, which is a huge park with, you know, ball diamonds and there's a pond, there's a sledding hill, things of that sort, down to some community parks that are, you know, your Peabody's and things of that sort that are just, you know, gems, if you will. So I think that there is just a, a nice variety and especially you know the luck of having some of those parks along the the river um the fox river um really gives us an opportunity to have such you know a, a, a uh, lots of different amenities that we can provide um and it's certainly something that's been fostered over all, all those years um 
you know, that we've had at our department, which is great. There are some communities that have some great parks as well. Um, but I agree, like, uh, we're very lucky with what we have. And, and so. even just a small, like, I live near Peabody Park, so I'm, I'm there. I, I'm mm-hmm. at least walking over the, the Pacific Street Bridge that looks down over it almost every day I'm on my dog yeah. walking route, but and you weave weave down pa- past the river, but all of those community parks, you know, Alicia park or, you know, just, just yeah. those, they're just, they're beautiful. And then the access to the river. I mean, that's one of the, that's been one of the coolest things I've seen in, in my lifetime now is the parks are opening up the river. You have the kayak launch and Tallulah has kind yep. of been redeveloped. It's just, it, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's you know Tosh and I my our co-host is is um we always say gems of the Fox Valley and 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 I think the parks are definitely that for sure in Appleton I yeah you know and, and you know I'm doing what I do I would say that parks are a gem in whatever community you're in yes. um because it is they are so important they make just make or make things that much better um but yeah like I mean uh once again when I worked at the Y I would take my lunch you know, walking down to City Park or Lutz Park or, you know, that area quite often. And um, yeah, there's so many great places in Appleton where you get a chance to go ahead and uh, utilize the spaces uh, that we that the city has kind of set aside for such a long time. So. I'm always amazed at the uh, at the mowers, the guy, you know, the guys and girls that just uh, there's so many trees in these parks. It's just got to be almost maddening yeah. to mow those things. But they, they, they do a heck of a job. Our staff, uh, they are busy, like uh, during the summer, um, not only our full time, but also our part time. And yeah, they do a phenomenal job keeping things, you know, looking as well as they can. You know, you know, Mother Nature has their own thoughts about certain things, about how fast that grass is going to grow or how dry it is or things of that sort. But yeah, they do everything they possibly can to make things look great. So. No, they do a great job. Now you mentioned um, you have kids. What uh, the, what are your kids all involved in? What what sports and activities do they all play at? Uh, it's a great question. So my um, older son uh, is a junior. He's a baseball player over at um, St. Mary's Catholic. Um, uh, he actually uh, had friends there when we used to, when we lived here before we lived in Fox Crossing. Sure. Um, which now is Fox Crossing and uh, had some friends there. So that's when we moved back. He actually went to school there. My daughter is actually um, a student in the Appleton North District. Um, she actually is a, a swimmer. Um, she is a uh, she's in track and cross country and then also plays soccer. So she's a she's a busy girl. Yeah, so. absolutely. Absolutely. St. Mary's boy, that's a great campus too. the facilities. There are second to yeah. none. Yeah, they are. Um, he's uh, he's very fortunate. We joke about it all the time, and we all of us parents even know that that the facilities they've built. We used to when we lived here when he was a baby, and my both my kids were a baby. Um, we would walk by St. Mary's because we lived in that area, and uh, between now and you know, 13 years ago, it's just a completely different place. The campus is amazing. They have the new middle school. They have um, you know, new facilities as far as football, baseball, tennis. Um, yeah, it is awesome. They 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 do a great job over there. Oh, so. I, absolutely, absolutely. You like being a sports dad? I do. Yeah, you know, um, 
you know, we all know that uh, chasing kids around and making sure they get to practice and stuff is one of the major challenges of parenthood. Um, and believe me, I'm cognizant of that when we schedule things for uh, the recreation department too. <laughs> um, but yeah, I enjoyed a lot. Like, um, you know, I uh, enjoy going to all the different sports. I was not a swimmer growing up, but you know, every one of those swim meets is super interesting. And you, you know, the other thing is you kind of learn to evolve your um, knowledge of different sports. And certainly it's helped my wife and I to learn more about swimming because we were not swimmers back in, back when we were kids. Sure. So. Sure. I mean, at the end of the day, it's just fun to, to watch your kid be passionate about something, right? And latch on to something. Absolutely. Yeah. Give them uh, the opportunity to try different things and you never know what they come up with, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. That's why it's so important mm -hmm. to, to try park and rec, right? The discovery, you never know uh, what you're going to like. The, and I know it, it sounds like I'm preaching, but that's what we try to do is yeah, uh, continue to give kids the different opportunities and see what happens. It's awesome. And that's what we're all about at the park and rec. So. Jeff, it was awesome talking to you. I, I actually I learned a lot. Um, you've got a lot of respect for for what you guys do. I mean, the programs are like we've been saying; they're just you guys do a fantastic job there there's no better program out there the facilities are great so it was it was great talking well, with you well thank you joe and thank you for uh, the work that you guys do with the redsmith um you know we know the tradition that's gone through that the amounts of money that you guys have raised for local programs and sports all throughout the fox valley believe me i've, I've seen that firsthand um and we've been a part of on the receiving end uh, for a small amount of that you know, so we really appreciate all that you guys do and um, keep on doing what you're doing. It, I've only, I haven't been to the banquet in here in a few years, but I'm looking to get back soon because it's such a great event. No, I so. appreciate it. We're uh, yeah, we're slowly building our way back to, to having another banquet here. COVID, COVID kind of affected us in, in a big way, mm -hmm. and it's uh, and, and I'm you know, like we said before, it's it's uh, we're just learning to adjust. There's a new new reality, but. Uh, Red Smith yeah. will come back, but we're fortunate that that we've been good stewards with our money, so we're, we're able to do these Every Kid Plays grants, and you know your programs are exactly what that money should be used for because it's just it's an opportunity for kids to play, and, and, and your program is the perfect starting point for them, and that's what we should do, and we'll, we'll definitely talk. We'll, we'll stay in touch and, and, uh, and talk more about it for sure. I, I appreciate your time and would love to go ahead and chat more. Onions, Tosh. We know the yeah, onions, right? There you go. Right? <laughs> well, we got another a special throwback. And, and one of the cool things about the Red Smith Banquet that, obviously, if you're a fan of the program, you know this. We have brought in some just absolutely incredible, the people that are doing the work, you know, announcers. We, we certainly have the Hall of Famers and the players and, and all of that have come through the years to Appleton. But we've had a really nice 
grouping of of announcers and all, all the major networks you know bill Co- or bob costas you know uh, bill rafterty today you know tonight but we've had leslie yeah. visser and we've had Vern lundquist on the throwbacks yeah. and you know there's a lot more that we're going to be putting out so that's kind of cool i always love that i mean Anybody that's a fan of college basketball, anybody that watches college basketball has, has listened to Bill Raftery, has listened to Vern Lundquist. You know, they're right there with Dick Vitale. Those three, I think the powerhouse, Bill, you know, Brent Musburger, those guys, they're all in that same conversation. And, and this this is a fun, I mean, it's Bill Raftery being Bill Raftery, basically, in an after-dinner show. Yeah, you know what? I mean, let's, let's face it. Without announcers, there is not right. sports. I mean, really, literally, you're you're just watching a game, and the announcers make it and bring it to you, and uh, good announcers are able to do that. They make they make you Absolutely. a part of it, and uh, you know, Rafferty. I mean, he coached 1963 to to 1981, um, and then he went into into broadcasting and was. I mean, let's face it, he is one of the uh, one of the premier premier announcers for college basketball. Yeah, 100%. Sure. It, it, there's a few guys, you know, um, oh, Al McGuire, you, you know, was one. And, and, and yeah. um, you know, there's been others that, that have been successful as coaches, but very few of them can really turn it around and be great announcers and then couple that with, with, with just being legendary uh, announcers, you, you know, yeah. games that, I mean, he has been a part of most of our lifetime of watching college basketball we've heard that voice you know you remind me though tash of a story when you talk about the announcers i think you're absolutely right i heard somebody describe an announcer one time as an artist as a painter they paint the picture for you right and and you know fill in the blanks and and raftery certainly has a little humor for that so maybe he's partly comedian as well but uh, uh one of my favorite comments of his uh when you make an Guy made a nifty move. Instead of leaving his jock on the floor, it was a little lingerie left on the deck. <laughs> well, with with that, Tosh, so, I think, why don't we hand it over to uh, the Red Smith Banquet throwback and Bill Raftery, the night he was at the Red Smith Banquet. Red Smith Sports Awards. Banquet throwback. Red Smith Award, of course, goes to someone who has made some unique contributions to sport in Wisconsin. And also epitomizes the great values that Red Smith exhibited. Let's give a Red Smith welcome. Let's bring Bill Rafferty up. Bill Rafferty. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, you know, if you do me a favor, everybody just stand, and then when you stand, just boo, so I'll feel like I'm back coaching. <laughs> just stand and relax a little bit. Todd's out here. Oh, thank you. Thank you. That's the standing ovation I got on my honeymoon, so I, I certainly appreciate it. Todd Kowalczyk is out here, and he was mentioned earlier, and I can't talk about coaching because he watched me coach at Seton Hall very poorly, but he can relate to this. Red Smith in 1930, I can assure you in 1981, working for the priests, we had the same salary. <laughs> and things had changed a little bit. 
Uh, it was mentioned before that Dick Vitale, uh, Dick was actually going to be your speaker this evening, but uh, he didn't think the audio would project properly and uh, didn't want to put you to sleep too early. Uh, I I'm going to go through like a couple of characters because you've been here. I if this were back in Jersey or New York, they'd be throwing glasses. I'd be ducking. <laughs> You're the un most unbelievable audience I've ever been involved with. So receptive, and rightfully so, I might add. Who's the wealthiest man in Gilbert's neighborhood? His tailor. <laughs> he and his son, imagine those threads. <laughs> Raul of Bayonne would be singing. The Bennett family are an institution in America, I assure you. It's not indigenous to this great state. And, and while he was talking, it was easy to understand why they won. And today I shared a couple of hours with his son and I could see he's a winner as a family man as well. He's gonna be a great coach, I assure you. But I, I thought of, years ago I was coaching on a wintry night. In those days you went out and scouted. And, and the Bennett name came to mind, but I'm gonna use John Wooden because this is a true story with my wife. We were speaking that at that time. <laughs> Things have improved, we have four children, so we're doing okay. But uh, I came home and it was an ugly evening, late at night, and I came in the house about 11 o'clock and Joan said, uh, would you take the garbage out? I said, ah, oh, come on, do you think John Wooden, his wife Nell, makes him take the garbage out? She said, well, if you won like John Wooden, I'd take the garbage out. So they always get the last word. I'm, I'm gonna jump to, first of all, Bo Ryan has done an unbelievable job here. And, and And, you know, I go back with Bo. Bo's from Chester, PA, when he didn't have a suit, and the strongest guy in the neighborhood used to steal it for him. <laughs> you know what he's done in-state in all the divisions? Tom Crean's at Marquette, who's done a phenomenal job. It's, it's a treasure for you to enjoy, and I know the different athletic departments certainly are. For us, the great thing about doing games is when you're my age, they don't put you on camera too often, and they don't put your one loss record up. So they think you're a genius. And we sort of, during the course of 40 minutes, we ruined that image as well. But as the years progressed in coaching, Al McGuire became a great friend. And I just want to give you a couple of cuties. One, the, the former beat writer here ended up in LA as the uh, sports editor. And we, one of his last banquets, because he said that night, this is my last banquet. Uh, he wasn't ill then, but you know, he wasn't himself, kind of. Any rate, the story that this man shared with me, his son was a special child. He had everything you could think of that's wrong with him. And this kid had you know, projects and every day, you know, they had great attention to detail, brought him to all the special uh, situations or institutions. Well, any rate, Al loved the motorcycle, so he said, could I take John for a ride? So the father assumes, hey, what the heck? You know, they have a nice little neighborhood. Well, he doesn't know that now it becomes every day the youngster is saying, where's Uncle Al? Where's Uncle Al? 
So every couple of weeks, Al would come around, and the kid couldn't wait for him. So finally, one night, he's driving home. He worked for the Milwaukee Journal. He's driving along the expressway. He's in the middle lane. All of a sudden, <laughs> he looks. It's Al with his son on him doing 90 miles an hour without a helmet. That's what these great guys do for kids. Uh, no, 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 no. I mean, the, the inference is incorrect, but... Uh, there's a care and a giving, is my point. Now, if I were the parent, I'd want to kill Al, obviously. But uh, a couple of just quickies. When he's in the hospice, Tom Crean and I went to visit him a number of times. And he had a great sense of humor. So one day, Rick Majerus, do you all know Rick? Rick's been on maybe the same diet that they went back to Kansas to give uh, Gilbert to get back to plug the middle. No offense. But a big man. And Rick had brought in a couple hundred dollars of Mexican food to a man who's sick. <laughs> like, you know, he's bright, but doesn't get it, obviously. <laughs> so I show up, and Rick leaves, and now Al and I are small talk, and now it's time to leave, and we're walking down the hallway, and he said, you know, I'm the youngest person here. And I think he was 72 or 3, right? When he, and... I said, no kidding. We get down to the little area, the recreation area, and there's an elevator there that we're going to go on to bring me down to the first floor. And in this rec area, they're in a round circle in wheelchairs, and they have a beach ball. And it's rec time. And the, the helper is throwing the ball up, and they would elbow it, knee it, do whatever they could, pick it up, start over. And they were, they were music's on. They're enjoying themselves. Al looks at me. The elevator opens. He says... Hmm. They think they're dancing. <laughs> and we tee heat on the, on the elevator. Now, having said that, back when he first left Marquette, he did not want to go to the campus. He didn't want to intrude on the coach. And anybody who's coached, you feel the same way. It takes a while to, to get back. Because you don't want people asking you something or, like, he doesn't do it like you do. Whatever. Just give the guy his distance. Well, I talk him into going back. Mike Dean's the coach. And have you ever been to Marquette? Mike's, Mike's you know, played a lot of games without a helmet, Mike. Quite a character, if you know. You know. In fact, just, just a, a segue. One night, I'm out with Mike. He used to wear the sunglasses. Do you remember that? And I said, Mike, why the sunglasses? He said, I went to the doctor, and he said to me, You've, you're in too much of a stressful situation. You've got to quit coaching. So he said to the doctor, I'll wear sunglasses. I never made money like this. You think I'm going to quit now? <laughs> but that, that's Mike Dean. Anyway, Al, we go over to the campus. And if you've been on the Marquette campus, you come in one road, you go down, and it's, it's quartered off by buildings, one on each side and a dead end. So you've got to do a U-turn to get back out. We get down to the end, and this is the devil and Al. We get all the way down the end, take a left. It's nothing but yellow lines and signs and we'll take your first child if you park here and all the the tollway zone all that stuff so he parks the car he's al mcguire i get out he pulls right into the front door with the yellow stanchions leaves the car i open the door he starts to go and he said oh i forgot he goes back to the car reaches in takes out a sign puts it in the window clergy <laughs> he's the best He's absolutely the best. Uh, 
I'll leave you with how important that education was when I coached. We used to give the kids the caramel test at Seton Hall. And what we would do is we would put a kid in a room and we put a caramel with a wrapper on it. And we shut the door and we looked through the mirror. And if the kid took the wrapper off and ate it, that was one thing. But if he ate it with the wrapper, that was another. <laughs> so what we did, we talked this, the president to this, that if he ate it with the wrapper on, we gave him an athletic scholarship. <laughs> if he took it off, we gave him an academic. It fits right in. Uh, I loved our kids. You know, if you said hello to them, they were stuck for an answer, that kind of thing. I was told. Now, just to leave this uh, beautiful uh, night with a thought, and Gilbert said it best about parents, but as those of us who've coached know, sometimes there aren't parents home or there's one who's trying to make a go of it, or it's an aunt or a grandmother. And that's where these programs are of invaluable assistance, where you spend a night like tonight, and, and I know you've got many things you could do. Uh, it's a sacrifice, but you do it because, A, there's some great people that have dedicated themselves, the coaches and players, and, and even these sports teams, to hear what they've been able to do. Uh, even the racetrack has been involved, I might add, in doing so many great things. So you are part of what makes our city and our country great. And through television, I got to appreciate what goes on in this country because of traveling. And we don't think we have any impact when we start, but some people can't get out at night, whether it's the weather or they can't afford it, or that's their one luxury. But for you to come out and give to these kids, it makes this country great. We got a lot going. Let's hope something like this continues in each and every city in the country. Thank you very much. Have a great night. We look forward to having a cocktail with you later. All right, Newsacast listeners, it's that time where we are looking at things that are forgotten. We want to totally see leave. And those never forgetting things, the things that we uh, never want to forget. And uh, Joel, what are you looking at this week? Well, Tosh, I, I was I was doing some things around the house on on Sunday and watched a little bit of the Packer game, but was was doing some other stuff. Um, and I've known this for years, but. It's it's my love of I guess my maybe my lost love of pro sports maybe sports in general a, a little bit I it, it's nothing that the the passion or the following of sports is nothing what it once was in my life um, mm-hmm. you know I still like to watch a game but man I miss Packer games you know I do I, last week um, you know I completely missed the Packer game didn't didn't see one one play because I went and played disc golf you know at, at a, <laughs> beautiful course on on an awesome fall day um you know stuff like that that i never you know 20 years ago 30 years ago would ever would have thought would have been possible never even entered my mind that you'd miss a packer game or you you wouldn't watch a world series game or you know whatever and i've kind of lost that and and yeah for me that that it's that's forgotten is is my long lost I guess, love of sports. It's even translated to, to fantasy sports, you know, used to really take that, that serious and, 
It was it was everything. You knew the stats of everybody. I couldn't tell you four players in the NBA anymore. Yeah, you know, it's just <laughs> don't don't care. And it's just every once in a while, I find myself in situations where that just kind of dawns on me that uh, I have forgotten you know, right. sports. So yeah, I don't know what that means. I don't know. Maybe I'm just getting older. <laughs> Who knows? But uh, I don't know, Tash, what are, what are you forgetting? What's, what's forgotten well, in your world? You know what, this week, uh, the forgotten is the, the, the one thing I'd like to forget and continue to forget, a, you know, like serious sports injuries. And uh, we had a very serious one in hockey, a uh, young man, 29 years old, um, died on the ice, bled out, basically uh, got, a collision on the ice in England and uh, he, he got cut on the throats with the blade skate and uh, wow. Adam Johnson. Yeah. Uh, he played in the NHL. He had 13 games in 14 games in with the penguins. And uh, yeah, he was cut on the neck slashed in a collision on the ice and, um, and died. Um, so, you know, we, we love, we love sports. We love the entertainment value. Um, but then you hear something like that and, you know, the seriousness of, of, uh, of games that we play and, uh, yeah, you want to forget those types of injuries and, uh, you know, any serious injury to anybody that's career, career threat threatening, but even more, you look at the loss of life. That's a, that's a huge one. So, yeah, when that happens on, on the playing field in the arena, it, it, it hits you differently. I mean, I remember mm-hmm. that. Remember that boxer when we were growing up? I think I, I can't remember his Ray. Ah, I can't remember Ray Boom his, Boom Mancini. He he died. One of those guys yeah. died, right? Yeah, and and yeah. you know I remember that being like in Sports Illustrated, I think even um, yeah. at the time, or or I think even when we were really young, when we were Steve Yeager. I mean that the the invention of the catcher's extension mm-hmm. over their over their throat was directly because of an incident. Now thank goodness he didn't pass away, but. He took a yeah. shard of a bat right to the jugular for real. Yeah. Uh, and yep. I don't even remember how they saved him. This was in the seventies, but he then came back and invented that. And boy, you hate to hear stories like that. I don't even know what to, what to say. It's uh yeah. You know, especially when you have, when you have uh, your own kids playing a sport hockey, you know, it's, yeah, it is a dangerous sport. You know, you do as much as you can to protect, but uh, it is a dangerous sport. And um, you know, all all these contact sports are, but yeah, you, you definitely reach out to the family and you hope that the family, uh, you know, prayers and thoughts go out to that family for sure. This doesn't help the family, but maybe it helps us in, in this conversation that, that, that is an extremely freak accident that, that, that yeah. doesn't happen, you know, pretty much ever. Let's move, move on to the, uh, never forgetting what you, what do you not want to ever be forgetting? All right. Well, I feel like I need to lighten the mood, maybe just a little bit. This, this wasn't my original original one, but if uh, in our yeah, you and I is for a future show, we we, we interviewed uh, Joey D, and and he talks about preparation, and and uh, I found myself that I need to start prepping for these segments because they sneak up on you and you don't have material. So I'm going to go to uh, to to my my number two uh, on the list, and and. This is going to be weird. I I I understand my age. I, I understand everything I'm about to say is is just not quite correct for most people. But gosh darn it, Tash, I absolutely love growing my dreadlocks. They're they they have started to 
to form and, and come out and, and they, they only form by not combing my hair. That's the only thing I'd wash my hair. I just don't comb it. And I have fortunate enough to have hair that dreads. It's my second go around in life with them. I understand my age. I understand. I understand it all. I totally get it. But at the end of the day, I just absolutely love the feeling of, of growing them. So I'm all never right. forgetting this feeling. I don't know how long I'll, I'll grow them, you know, probably <laughs> have to make it a new year's resolution not to cut my hair in 24. That, there you uh, go. that was my resolution in 23. It worked out pretty well. So there you, you go. Know, we'll, we'll see. Very nice. Well, <laughs> You'd be, you'd be the, the cool old guy, old hippie with the dreads. That's right. So the gray <laughs> dreads. So that's what I'm never forgetting, Tash. How about you? What aren't you All forgetting? All right. Well, this is a this is timely. It's it's Halloween and it's trick-or-treating. Um, you know, it's just seeing the joy in the kids' faces as they come up to your doors, you hand them candy. You know, I've got lots of nieces and nephews now who are young and uh, my boys aren't trick-or-treating anymore. They're old enough. But um, just seeing the little kids coming up and just having a blast uh, on Halloween. So, yeah, I don't want to forget that. If I remember walking around with my kids, uh, maybe getting an adult trick-or-treat at some houses, maybe yeah. a beer to take on the road. Um, so, yeah, it's a it's that fun time um, taking the kids out and just, uh, just enjoying the excitement when they see, oh, you see, so-and-so, they have the big candy bars. Let's go over there. <laughs> so... Yeah. So what is the, the Tashner household like now? The, this, you know, coming up on Tuesday or the, you know, Halloween, what, what can we expect when we walk down your street? To, uh, ring you, your can doorbell? Expect, you expect the dogs to go crazy <laughs> and uh, it's, it's not a good situation. Um, you know, you're either sitting outside with candy or you have the bucket outside because I tell you what, <laughs> dogs have to be either downstairs or something else because they do not like people ringing their doorbell or knocking on their door. Yeah. That's for sure. So we have to make some, make some uh, precaution. You know, put them downstairs. Try to keep them downstairs. Things like that. But and, and low key, Tash, a little secret to the Nusa cast. But one of, I think I've told you this. My my favorite thing, the absolute favorite thing about the Nusa cast is the very very end. So if you ever listen to the Nusa cast <laughs> to the very very end, yeah, the, the dogs represent. Yeah, you get Apollo. Apollo howling. Yes. And that is a, that is a classic howl. Uh, these guys, Apollo and Kingsley will howl on Saturdays at noon when the sirens go off. <laughs> Kingsley usually starts it and then Apollo joins in. And if they hear sirens, the howling starts again. Yeah. These, <laughs> these are two good howlers for sure. So uh, yeah, I they'll be howling. It. They'll be howling tomorrow night. It's my favorite part of the show. <laughs> Well, good old Halloween. That's what I'm not forgetting. It's, a, it's always a fun time. So It's forgotten <laughs> and I'm never forgetting. Well, thank you for listening to another great episode of the NoosaCast. We really appreciate it. If you hit our socials, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And don't be afraid to check out YouTube on Sunday mornings to get that full throwback.
Thanks for listening to the NoosaCast. We appreciate your support. If you haven't yet subscribed, please do so and tell a friend. A huge thanks to Digstown for all the music in today's episode. Catch a gig or find them on Spotify. Northeastern Wisconsin Sports Advancement is a 501c3 organization. Our mission is to raise money, provide support, and create awareness for youth sports organizations in Northeastern Wisconsin. We do this primarily through the Red Smith Sports Award Banquet and the NoosaCast. Each year, we give back to the community through three initiatives, the Every Kid Plays, the Gives Back Initiative, and scholarships to student athletes. 